we welcome you back to discuss the emotional and psychological effects of the coronavirus and the enforced isolation social distancing. Our guest today is Dr. Michael McBride, um, clinical psychologist here in SQUIM for over 35 years, and he just is going to help us understand why we're all reacting as we are. Thank you very much, Pastor Collette. I think we have to recognize that everybody in the country is experiencing something. And generally, they're experiencing something dis distressing, as we discussed in our last uh, podcast regarding uncertainty and the uh, unprecedented nature of what we're facing. Uh, what I'm going to try to do in the next few minutes is pull together uh, some categories of mental health concerns that are often stirred up when we're going through extreme stress, periods of stress. And I would say that a uh, global pandemic um, such as we're facing today certainly falls in that category. We don't want to over-exaggerate it, but on the other hand, I think the tendency is to sometimes minimize it, uh, to not talk about it, to internalize it, stuff it, and hopefully we can at least identify some of the things that could be going on so you can give language to it, think about it, and then hopefully in the next session we can uh, put together some strategies to help with it. Uh, probably I would say that the, the primary issue here is one of excessive uh, stress. Not just stress, but anxiety, and in some cases, post-traumatic stress. Uh, when something different or something unexpected is going on around us, our brains are always asking the question, is this a threat? Uh, is there something here that I need to be concerned about? Is there something life-threatening going on? That's always playing in the background, but as we go through our normal routines, um, it's very often that that whole uh, physiological system gets activated. This uh, primary system is known as our flight or fight-or-flight response. It's a very sophisticated system, sometimes called uh, a hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis uh, in, our, in our brains. Uh, and it activates the release of stress hormones to prepare us to either fight or flee from a situation that we find threatening. Uh, this physiological arousal is intended to prevent bad things from happening. So we can either take it on, fight it, conquer it, or run away from it as fast as we can. However, uh, the thing about chronic stress is that it tends to compromise our immune system and it tends to make us sick. Also, if the stress is uh, chronic, it can lead to anxiety. Um, anxiety as a state of chronic stress is probably more associated with what we would normally call excessive worry. When people worry all the time, um, they typically are showing signs of anxiety or if they're experiencing muscle tension, or if they're having difficulty falling asleep or difficulty staying asleep. If the stress is uh, to a traumatic situation or it's too intense, then you might have uh, symptoms of PTSD, even if you don't have a full-blown diagnosis. But even in a mild state, this can lead to hypervigilance and startle responses and physiological symptoms. Uh, we probably have seen or experienced a lot of hypervigilance as we keep our six feet of distance from mm -hmm. one another. Oop, is that person three feet? Is that person two feet? 
um, or holding your breath when you walk past someone so you don't walk through uh, the aerosol of the uh, coronavirus uh, spray. That's hypervigilance. Or you're walking through Costco with the last roll or the last case of toilet paper, and you're sure that everybody in Costco is following you and somebody's going to grab your, your toilet paper. It can be vigilant. It can be uh, a startle response. And you can have a lot of physiological reactions when um, you're having kind of a post-traumatic stress uh, response to a trauma. Uh, depression is another uh, very common response that we see with people going through uh, the pandemic. Uh, there are many definitions of depression. Uh, one of my favorites is that it's the body's response to loss. Uh, it can be a real loss, an actual loss. It can be the perception of a loss. It can be an anticipated loss. All of these contribute to uh, our feelings of depression. So the question I would ask is, have any of you experienced any feelings of loss in the last two, three weeks? Uh, I propose that you do. There's a lot of social losses, social connections, uh, loss of your ability to worship in your own church, uh, loss of access uh, to your daily activities outside the home, maybe loss of financial resources if you watch the stock market uh, sure. tumble and your 401ks dwindle or your life savings dwindle. Um, that can be a loss. Uh, it can also be uh, a threat of losing your health or the health and well-being of, uh, of a loved one, friend, family member. Um, how are you sleeping? A lot of people, when they're under a lot of stress and they're under a lot of uh, depression and anxiety, have difficulty falling asleep. They have difficulty sometimes staying asleep. They may have early morning awakenings or they may have hypersomnia where they just don't want to get out of bed or they are sleeping all the time. Uh, so one of the major symptoms of depression is changes in our sleep pattern. Uh, sleep disorders, uh, as you know, are rampant in our society and the coronavirus and the social distancing has made that worse for some. Also, what about your appetite? Are you eating too much? Maybe you're binge eating or maybe you're not eating enough because you've had loss of appetite. Maybe your food choices are poor. Maybe you're having a lot of junk food. Maybe you're drinking more soda pop. Maybe you're engaging in other uh, dietary activities that are problematic. Also, have you lost interest in things that you normally enjoy? Are you socially distancing now to some extent by choice? Or are you socially distancing and having the same experience because it's being mandated by the state? You may not be clinically depressed, but you may be experiencing symptoms of uh, depression nonetheless. Um, there's another useful concept, I think, here. It's another definition of depression uh, developed in uh, the 1960s by a psychologist named Martin Seligman. He calls it learned helplessness. This results from feelings that things are out of control in your life and there's nothing you can do to change or influence the situation or what's going on. I think many people across America wake up every morning and feel like there's absolutely no control in their life anymore, and they feel helpless. And when you are helpless or feel helpless, um, you tend to act and behave helplessly because there's nothing I can do, so I, I just take whatever's being dished out, I accept the fact, and then I go into a deeper state of uh, depression or learned helplessness. Mike, you know something that struck me as you're talking about that is that goes into the depression. It's along with depression. It's the it's the feeling of uh, 
loss of significance, especially as some people are now de deemed essential, but many, many people in our society have learned that they're not essential for the well-functioning well of society. Absolutely, <clears throat> and I think related to that is this notion that a lot of our identity uh, gets wrapped up with what we do. Especially us men. Yep, so the who you are and the what you do become your ego identity. What happens when you take away the what you do? That's right. Now you've lost the who you are. And a lot of people in society are struggling with that right now. Yeah, we're gonna go back to work, maybe. We might be rehired, or maybe this business is not gonna come back at all. Mm -hmm. And then who am I, and then mm -hmm. what do I do? And then it moves yeah. into all of the other concerns about That's finances. a big loss, even if it's a, an anticipated loss. It's, it's a significant one. Oh, absolutely, absolutely for sure. So one of the things we'll talk about when we come to our section on coping strategies uh, is the fact that the only way you can get out of a sense of helplessness is to turn around 180 degrees and take one step in the direction of regaining some control, mm -hmm. even if it's minimal control, just the fact that you've turned the corner and you're moving forward. And we'll come back to that in a minute. Uh, the last thing that I think is, is important in terms of responses, particularly for Christian people, is this, uh, is this notion of uh, spiritual reactions and spiritual questions. Um, why is this happening? Where is God in all of this? How and when will he intervene? Are my prayers being answered or are my, my prayers even being heard? Does God even care? How you answer these questions can lead you to a stronger faith or to spiritual mm. depression. And for some individuals, that can lead to a loss or at least a, a reduction uh, in faith. Um, Mike, I'm just thinking about the fact that some people see this virus as actually a punishment from God. That he didn't like what was going on in the world, and so he wanted to wake us all up, and so here it is. Um, someone said that his children couldn't get along, so he sent them all to their rooms. I hadn't heard that, but that's uh, it's an interesting spin. <clears throat> yes. Um, so, I mean, just your picture of God, that he would use something like this as a, as a way to discipline us, um, that would make it hard to feel like you could go to him for comfort mm -hmm. or that you could go to him even for counsel on what to do to regain a sense of control in your life. Absolutely, and I think during times of crises, people feel most alienated from God. And there are a lot of people who lose their faith, you know, when a, a husband or a wife dies or a parent dies or a child is tragically taken or they're involved in a, a horrific uh, automobile accident. Um, I guess we'd need to go no further than the Holocaust and other life tragedies to ask the question, where's God? Yeah. So I'm hoping we can, when we get to the last section, uh, we'll get into that a little more deeply. But that, that's a very, a very real uh, concern. And one of the things I would propose is my greatest concern for people who are afraid to articulate that or afraid to even look at it. They have the feelings, but it's like if I verbalize this, lightning's going to come down and strike me and four or five people within six feet of where I'm standing. Um, so yeah, I wanna come back and talk more about that, but that is an absolutely uh, essential question to address before this is over. Thank you, Mike. 
Good to be with you.